edify means to enlighten, encourage, and uplift individuals, intellectually, morally, and spiritually. That's exactly what our Edify podcast guests do, as they share practical wisdom on living our faith in public. I'm Mary Fiorito. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the Edify podcast. Our guest today is Father Dave Pavanka. Father Dave is a Franciscan friar and president of the Franciscan University of Steubenville. Welcome, Father Dave. It's my pleasure. So, Father Dave, you, you grew up in Colorado? Mm-hmm. Southwest Colorado. Southwest Colorado. How did you meet the Franciscans? That's a great question. Well, um, it goes back probably to the time I was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom and dad prayed every day of their religious of their married life that one of their kids would become a priest. So there were five boys in my family and one girl, so we pulled straws. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but uh, So I was going to color, uh, university in Colorado, studying pol- political science, and was just wrestling with the vocation, and ultimately spent a year with an organization called National Evangelization Teams, the oh, NET Teams right, out that of St. Paul. Yeah. Actually, that's where I first met uh, Cardinal George. Uh, and then from there, I was discerning where I should go to school, and I ended up going to Franciscan University. So that's where I met the friars oh. there. So I was a, I'm alumni of the university, and that's where I met them and just really fell in love with them. The main charism of my Franciscan community is a word called metanoia, and that's mm-hmm. that, that idea of constant conversion, that every day Jesus is inviting us to a deeper relationship with him. So I love their ministries. I love the work that they were doing. Uh, I love their charisms, so I found a home there. And your parents' prayers were answered. Yes, they yeah. were. They Any, were anyone else in the family? No, no, we pulled straws, life? and I got the long yeah, one or the short one, you. depending no, what right. it is. Yeah, That's a great gift no, for any great. family. Um, so I, I understand that recently Jordan Peterson was. was on yeah, campus. Was. And yeah. what was your impression of him overall? Um, is he going to become a Catholic? Yeah, <laughs> what do you think? That's the million dollar one. Right, right. But what was your takeaway? What was it like meeting him? Uh, honestly, it was a great a great blessing to have him on campus. We were originally told that he was just going to spend uh, just the afternoon when he gave the speech, but he ended up spending all day on campus, wow. which was really wonderful. And to be able to walk him around campus and to be able to show him the campus was a great blessing. And like we have a small chapel, the Portiuncula Chapel in, at Francis University, where we have perpetual adoration. And and I took him to that when I was explaining to him what he was going to see. And, right. and I said, we as Catholics believe that Jesus is, is truly present in the Eucharist. It's not just a symbol. And he said, well, symbol, what's wrong with symbols? Symbols are good. <laughs> and I, I said, yes, yeah, symbols are good, but we could have a symbol of you here or we could actually have you here with us. And he said, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> and then he went to Mass. I invited him to go to Mass with us. And he's actually spoken about it several times on other podcasts, just about what that experience was of mm-hmm. going to Mass. And he said it's, it was incredibly soothing and beautiful. So to have him on campus was a great blessing to our community. Uh, the students were, <laughs> they were thrilled. Oh, they I were can thrilled. imagine. It was really, yeah. really fun. Um, but so I guess my takeaway is he's unbelievably bright. Uh, I think in some ways maybe tortured mm-hmm. in that and that he really is bright and, and kind of questions and looks at everything. Um, but the other part that was really, uh, I think, a telling moment was um, he said he kind of feels like a prize, uh-huh. is, is that everybody wants to get him. Right. And, and I knew this going on because I'd listened to some of the work that he had done. And, and I just was appreciative of just being with him and spending time with him and, and introducing our life and our community right. at the university with him. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the Lord is ultimately going to lead him, but I do know that he's on a path. And, and both he and his wife, we talked about his wife, and he, he said, he said, yeah, my wife, 
she's got one foot in the church. She prays the rosary, and and wow. so it was really it was a it was a beautiful, wonderful, wonderful time. Oh, that's time good. And you know, I hadn't thought of it that way, and how objectified he must feel, right? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. if if everyone's seeing, you know, mm -hmm. who can who can be the one to convert Jordan, yep. Jordan Peterson, yep. Yep. and yep. like it's a you know a trophy of some sort. So that is. Right. That is, um, and I'm sure our listeners are praying people, so I'm sure they'll, they'll yeah, get more and, just and, for- Yeah, I think that was one of the beauties of Jesus is that Jesus loved us just for who we are, you know, mm -hmm. because that's the nature of love. It doesn't love somebody just because you want them to do something or right. care for somebody just because you want an outcome. Uh, and yeah, I think you're right. It's right. it's it's difficult for him. And, yeah. and maybe for him, he hasn't experienced that kind of, you know, love that's not transactional. Right, or, right. You that's know? a great image. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and so I, I hadn't thought, I mean, I just am in such awe of his intellect. And yes. I think he, God has really gifted him in that way. Absolutely. And, and the, I mean, I speak of it, that there's a real prophetic voice to what he's saying. Yes. And, and, and the reality is, honestly, the fact that he's not necessarily religious or connected to a particular religion, in one sense, I think, gives credence to his voice. He's not mm -hmm. just spouting some religious, right. this is what he learned with some doctrine, but it's really, I think it's really well balanced. It's it's psychologically sound and scientifically sound. And mm -hmm. yeah, so it was it was a great day. Well, you know, it's interesting. I I, I know that he has a huge following among young men in mm -hmm. particular, um, looking for sort of a masculine role model who gives them gives meaning to what they're doing in their lives. Did the, did you see that the, your male students yes, reacted yes. very differently to the female students? Oh, I don't be, know. Yeah, maybe, actually, that's a good question. Um, yeah, a little bit more differently, but there is a connection between he and, and young men that, that is really fantastic. I think he, he calls something out of them, that, mm -hmm. that there's something more, something greater. And, and I think, by and large, the young men have really responded to it. No, very yeah, much yeah, so. Yeah, and and yeah. young men who are atheists and young men who are religious. Um, I, I, it's really quite a phenomenon to see his... Yeah. Um, that was one thing that he, he did mention about is that... Um, his life is so radically different than it was just a few years ago. Really? And in no personal life. And it's just, I mean, it's a cross. It's a burden. Mm -hmm. you, you said your, your listeners are, are praying people. They need to pray for him. Okay. You know, it's very difficult. Thank you. Yeah. Challenge accepted. I'm good, sure good, that good. they there will. So, so you have something, um, the Ministry of the Wild Goose, yeah. Yeah. which is about uh, helping people to form a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. So tell me, how'd you come up with the name? It's well, really the wild interesting. Goose, actually, the Wild Goose was a term that the ancient Celts used for the Holy Spirit. Oh, so no it wasn't, I, and oh. I can't speak it in Gaelic, but yes. it's not something that I certainly discovered. But I wrote a book called The Breath of God, just about the what does it look like to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And one of my editors talked about the wild goose. She was familiar with that term. Mm. And I loved it. It's just, it's it's an image that I love. If you just Google, go online, YouTube, right. wild goose. And you see kids being chased by geese and people getting chased by geese and walking through the park. But there's something about the wildness of that. Mm -hmm. that no, that, geese are very aggressive animals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, is I think one of the things, we, we like the idea of a dove and the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. because it's you can tame it and it's domesticated and you put it in a cage and it's nice to look at. But that's not the way the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit isn't one to be tamed. Um, it's not one to be controlled. We like the image of a fire, mm -hmm. right? But as soon as the fire begins to rage, we want to get it under control. Mm -hmm. The Spirit of God is is needs to blow where the Spirit desires and, and go where the Spirit goes. And that I like the idea of the wildness to this. Mm -hmm. So it was a term that I, I was given, although it's funny that you mentioned, because I've had people email me and say, you know, it's so disrespectful. <laughs> you know, what are you going to call Jesus and the homies? And, <laughs> and it's just, I, I just shared that, that there's a long history of this. And, and you can look at some of the... Uh, I mean, century-old images, you'll see an image of a dove mm -hmm. and the image of a goose. And 
It's just one of the many, many images we have of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I've never yeah. heard that before. That's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, and you yeah, think, yeah. And, you know, I guess you think, when you think of the image of a dove, my daughter was just confirmed, and so, right. you know, lots of, um, you think peace and, yeah. um, and gentleness, but to think of the Holy Spirit as God really chasing us. Yeah, I mean. Well, and that's, I think that's a, just a great point. So you take a look in the Acts of the Apostles and you've got the Pentecost experience that there was a strong driving wind and right. fire and, th and, and all of that. And that was the way the Holy Spirit came. But then you also look at the end of John and the scripture says, Jesus enters the room and he breathes on them. Mm -hmm. You know, these both images of receiving the Holy Spirit, one with fire and, and power and one with the simplicity of a breath. I think the Spirit speaks to us in both of those mm -hmm. manners. We focus more on one than the other, I think. Well, I know a lot of your preaching and your writing focuses on personal relationships with Jesus, mm -hmm. which of course everyone understands, but how would you suggest for someone who wants a personal relationship with that wild goose, who yeah. wants the Holy Spirit, how do you start? You know, that's such a great question, and, and the way you worded it is so perfect, and that is a relationship with. We understand a relationship with Jesus, in some degree a relationship with the Father. The, those things are, but what does it mean to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? I think the first thing is to recognize that there's a need for that. Mm. That it, it is in fact, what I do in this series is, is I, rec I point out the fact that people spent time with Jesus, but it didn't make a big difference in their life until they experienced the Holy Spirit. Mm. The scripture says that the Holy Spirit reveals the Father that we try to live this life and this relationship with Jesus and the Father apart from the Holy Spirit. And it's in fact the Holy Spirit that actually animates that. It's the Holy Spirit that brings that to life, makes right. it more personal. So the first thing is to recognize that we need a relationship with the Holy Spirit, um, to ask for it. I always encourage people, spend a couple of days with the first couple chapters of the Acts of the Apostles and, and just pray through that text. So to ask for the relationship first. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. enter into the prayer? Is exactly, that the way you would exactly, do it? Okay. exactly. Like, I always have a small finger, ro finger rosary, right. and I'll pray, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because somebody said, why do you always pray that? I said, because I leak, right? We're, we're, we're not merely containers. I think we think ourselves oftentimes as containers of the Holy Spirit. We're not. The heart is not a container. It's a conduit that the Spirit desires to come in us and through us. Right. And, and we just need to be aware of that right. and, we're, and cognizant of that and then ask for that greater. If we pay attention to the, the catechism, it's beautiful. It just as maybe a side note, but on the sacrament of marriage, it says that the, the couple receives the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. We largely think of the Holy Spirit related to confirmation, but it says on their wedding day, the couple receives the Holy Spirit. And I love how it says, it says the Holy Spirit is readily available to that couple. Mm -hmm. I love that image that the Holy Spirit is readily available. All we have to do is yes. call upon, yeah. right, right? Well, I was just thinking, as you were saying that, you know, I never would have had a relationship with my husband if he had never asked me out on a date. So sure, I sure. suppose, yeah, that's you know, perfect. you have to ask to that's enter perfect. into the that's relationship. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's perfect. That is a very different way of looking at prayer, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Well, one of the things that you said that really intrigues me is that f uh, free people make the world nervous. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, it's interesting. That's from the scriptures is that they said that they're spying on the freedom. The early church, the people were spying on their freedom um, because you don't know what a free person is going to do. I mean, mm. if we think about it, Jesus was the most radically free person there ever was. And and he stirred things up tremendously because he wasn't worried about what people were going to say. I mean, this is kind of crazy to think about, but he wasn't even worried about if people were going to follow him. You would think that right. all Jesus wanted was to get followers, but there's a beautiful text, and I think it's really important in John 6 when Jesus speaks of him, the bread of life, and people begin to walk away from him, and he allows them to leave. I mean, that's radical freedom in that, that says, I'm not concerned on, on whether or not an individual follows, I'm just concerned on what is true, what is right, what is holy, what is just. 
I mean, a radical freedom is, is, yeah, this is just remarkable. If I was God, that, this ought to scare you. If, if I was God, but I think about this kind of thing. Uh, if people were arresting me and whipping me and crowning me with thorns, if I was God, I would have put a stop to it, mm-hmm. right? But Jesus operated out of freedom, not out of anger or vindictiveness, or, but he was profoundly, totally free, and that is expressed most perfectly in his, his self-gift of his mm-hmm. life for us, yeah. which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, that's a different way to think yeah. about Holy Week, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. an act of yeah. freedom. Yeah. And and largely, people want to be controlled, and I think it's important to state that that my freedom doesn't come from the Supreme Court, it doesn't come from the White House, it doesn't come from government. Uh, I'm free because Christ has set me free. You know, He is the source of our freedom. Well, in that vein, um, what would you give as advice for the young people that you're ministering to as a, as a university president um, about living the faith in public life? Because it were to, we're really kind of at a crosswords in America at the moment. We have, um, you know, uh, some court decisions that have upset people mm-hmm. to the point that you know, we're seeing churches vandalized and pregnancy centers vandalized and tabernacles desecrated. So a lot of people are afraid to be public yeah, about their yeah, faith. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you true. know what, truthfully, I can't blame them. No, I mean, really you know, I, yeah. I I don't want to see my church, you know, vandalized or statues covered with red paint or et cetera, et cetera. So it, it takes courage to live your faith in public life right it now. Does. So it what does. what kind of guidance would you give? Scripture says, in the world you will find, tr- find trouble, but fear not, I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we have to understand is that uh, there are going to be difficulties, there are going to be struggles, there are going to be challenges. I've, I've been able to go to Iraq and do some ministry in Iraq and in China. And we speak of difficulty in our countries, and, and it's radically different right. than, than what these individuals experience. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things. First off, um, Jesus promised that this would happen. Mm-hmm. You know, he promised if we we're going to be faithful that the world would hate us because they hated him first. He promised that it would be difficult. He promised that there would be trouble. So the Lord is unbelievably faithful, right. but he also reminds us that, that he's overcome the world. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to recognize that. But then the other is that we need to have Christian community. That's what we're trying to do at Francisco University, that... A disciple out there by herself is in big trouble, right? Mm-hmm. She's not going to be able to be faithful to that. She needs relationship. We all need relationship and community. So I think be faithful to Jesus, be faithful to the church, and surround yourself by men and women who who want the same thing, who desire the same thing, right. and, and experiences the grace and support that comes from those relationships. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you have to have your people and your tribe, but also you have to live in the world. Mm-hmm. And what role do you think prudence plays in your Um, your expression of your faith, you know, to colleagues who either disagree with you vehemently or, um, you know, have a hate, has no home here sign in front of their house, but yet, you know, would hate you certainly if they knew some of the things that you believed because of the church's moral teachings. Um, What would you advise in terms of prudence and praying for that? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question too. Um, First off, it's, it's the reality of the world and the culture today that largely if you disagree, the world says you can't be friends, mm-hmm. you know? And right. and I think Jesus really challenges that, that, that he surrounded himself by people on both sides. There was a book written a number of years ago called Too Christian, Too Pagan. And, and it was kind of challenging Jesus. The the religious elite didn't like Jesus and the, and the pagans didn't like Jesus. And he was be, being able to navigate those waters. Uh, I think that we need to continue to turn... You used the word earlier about Jordan Peterson, this mm-hmm. transactional relationships. We need to seek to be in relationship with people, to be in relationship mm-hmm. with them. And and not merely so that they do what we want or believe what we want, but to be, and that's how people are ultimately changed. Right. You know, when, when people experience somebody that cares for me, for me, not for what they want me to do, 
But you're right, it's really, really difficult. And it's unfortunate that we live in this world of cancel culture that says, mm -hmm. you know, dismiss that other person. And, and it's difficult. So when people ask me what they can pray for, I always say discernment. Mm -hmm. You know, is discernment is a great gift of the Holy Spirit that allows me to know how I should move and how I should operate, not just the whim or, or uh, you know, cultural relevance, but ultimately, how is it the Lord wants? What is it He wants me to do? And it's available to all of us just Absolutely. for the asking, right? Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. well, Father Dave Pavanka, thank you for giving That's us so much pleasure. time. What a joy to be with thank you. you Mary. Really Blessings on your work. Great, thank you. Thank you for listening. To make it easier for you to listen to future Edify podcast episodes, please make sure you subscribe over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you.